Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter. I'll be reading verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which you ought work to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be joyful and pleasing unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As you heard Anne share this morning, today we are celebrating the Gifts of Women Sunday in order that we might recognize the gifts, those God-given talents that women, not only here at MPPC, but around the world, have given and shared with the church and within their families and their communities. A few weeks ago, Some of you may have seen Bart when he shared his announcements and he taped 17 pages of the announcements together in a way of revealing and saying, this is how much ministry is going on at MPPC. Well, I didn't tape together everything today, but I would have you imagine if we had taken that long list of the ministry and the work that God is doing right here and highlighted all of those things where women are involved, that it would have been very colorful and very full. Praise be to God, and thank you to all the women who serve with grace and love here at MPPC. And speaking of women, let's take a look at the woman in our scripture reading today. I would call her by name, But in our text, she is unnamed. All we know about her in this text is that she has been bent out of shape, physically infirmed for 18 years. The message translation of this passage says, she was so twisted and bent over that she could not stand up straight. Put yourself in her shoes for just a moment. And imagine, imagine all that she had been missing 
for all those years, the ability to look up and see a star in the night sky, being able to watch a sunrise or see birds flying overhead, or the chance to look into the eyes of someone speaking to her, or into the eyes of someone to whom she loved. Our unnamed woman did not appear to draw any particular attention to herself. Scripture tells us a little more than she was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. We know her by her disability. She wasn't identified by a name like Martha or Mary or Elizabeth as other women in the Bible. But Jesus gives us a fresh perspective on who she was. And he did call her by name. Not only did Jesus give the unnamed woman in our text respect and dignity, he restored her well-being. He had no trouble calling this woman by her name, a daughter of Abraham. He didn't refer to her by her crippling disease. He saw her and he recognized her. When we are seen and recognized and called by name, it means something, doesn't it? It means something. Names are important. I still remember the way my grandfather used to call me and welcome me. When I would go to his house or enter a room where he was, he would greet me by saying, hello, lovely. And I remember that. We have the potential to call each other by good names. The calling of names leaves a lasting impression. And the same is true for our woman in scripture today. By calling this woman a daughter of Abraham, Jesus is revealing her worth, her value. The reference for us dates back to Genesis twenty-two eighteen. Through Abraham's descendants, all nations will be blessed. Through Abraham's descendants, all nations will be blessed. She is a daughter of Abraham. This woman is a blessing. This child of God is blessed. In the synagogue that Sabbath, Jesus saw her and brought not only her existence, but her worth to the forefront. There is a greeting in South Africa, Saubona Sikona. It's an exchange between two people when they greet one another. And the exchange goes something like this. One person says, Saubona. And the person that receives that says, Sikona. Saubona is translated, I see you. And Sikona, when translated, says, I am here. The order of that exchange is very important. Until you see me, I do not exist. It's as if when you see me, you bring me into existence. This greeting can teach us the importance of seeing those in our midst, 
recognizing their worth and their value and respectfully bringing them into existence by greeting them. There's nothing like being seen and recognized. Ask any child or adult for that matter how it feels if you feel invisible or unseen. It hurts and it can wound people deeply. When Jesus saw this woman who was bent out of shape, he acted with mercy. Jesus saw her. The Greek word here is edo, to perceive with the eye, to pay attention to. And he responded by calling her forward and then laying hands on her and healing her on the spot. She immediately, Scripture tells us, straightened up and praised God. And people were watching People were watching the crowd. So let's imagine for just a moment that we are one of the people in the crowd and we're watching this story unfold. See it through a wide lens. What do you see? Do you see that about the same time this daughter of Abraham, her crippling disability was leaving her body Another was stricken, bent, out of shape. But this one was bent differently, not physically, but mentally and spiritually bent out of shape. As the woman was full of praises to God, the leader of the synagogue became indignant that Jesus had broken a rule and healed on the Sabbath. Bent out of shape, he fired off to the crowd. There are six days that you can come to the synagogue to be healed. Don't come on the Sabbath to be healed. Condemning Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. And the woman for coming to the synagogue on the Sabbath to be healed. Is everyone here at fault but him? But right back to him, Jesus said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Wow. I love an exclamation point in scripture. You hypocrites, how often do we see that, that scenario still today? Someone's power and authority are challenged, and he or she quickly fires off, being bent out of shape. It happens to all of us. Maybe it's out of fear of losing power or position or control. But Jesus clearly shows us today who has the true power and is really in control. There's a funny comic that was going around a couple of years ago. 
and it's still one of my favorites today. It's a, a, a line drawing of a church, and the entire congregation is on the inside at the door, everyone pushing against the door. And on the other side is Jesus trying to get in. And within the church, they're saying, don't let him in. He'll change everything. (laughs) Jesus has a way of doing that for our good. In looking at this text within its context, we know that this synagogue leader would have had a level of prestige and power. That was his job within the church. But that could have been perceived as threatening from Jesus because he came in and disrupted. He healed on the Sabbath by doing what was important and what was needed and what was merciful. And of all people, shouldn't the leader of the synagogue have been the first after witnessing this miraculous healing to praise God? For some, it's hard to be happy or joyful over someone else's good fortune, especially when it appears to take something away from them, like their power or their control. Perhaps his firing off at the crowd reflected more about what he perceived to be losing than what this woman was gaining. His power or control versus her freedom to be set free from a crippling life. The religious leader whose power as keeper of the law was taken from him by the one who was and is the law. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. This story beckons us to look back to the original command to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy because there we can find and recall the true intention of the gift of Sabbath, the command that we have been given. That command was given for our and all of humanity's well-being. It was intended for our good. The commandment to keep the Sabbath involves all of us as a whole. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I remember a time when our son, Raleigh, was playing with his older cousin one weekend, roughhousing, playing, running all around. They were having a great time until the time that Raleigh decided to climb up Wilson's back. Wilson was five years older than he was. At that age, it's a long way to go. He climbed up his back and went right over the top of his head and face-planted right on the ground. He hit his face so hard that one of his teeth popped right out and flew across the room. Our dentist was a friend. (laughs) So I called. We called, and knowing that it was a day that he was not at work, a day for his Sabbath, we called And he said, meet me in my office in 20 minutes. He left a family gathering that day to attend to Raleigh's needs. Could he have said, I'm off, sorry, good luck, or not answered the phone? He could have. 
but he had the potential and the power to help, and he did. He responded in kind. Did Jesus have the potential and the power in our scripture reading today to heal that woman that had been infirmed for 18 years on the Sabbath? Absolutely. And did he heal on the Sabbath? Yes, he did. We have been talking a lot this weekend at our women's retreat about the importance and the essence of Sabbath. And in preparing for the women's retreat, I have been rereading Rabbi Abraham Heschel's book entitled The Sabbath. And in it, he says, and I want you to hear this today, the Sabbath is not about psychology or sociology. It doesn't serve to make us calmer or to hold the family together. Nor does the Sabbath represent a rejection of modernity or the secular world. The Sabbath is a complement to building civilization, not a withdrawal from it. Sabbath keeping is all about community. What affects one of us affects all of us. From the words in Mark of Jesus over 2,000 years ago, the Sabbath is made for human beings, not humans for the Sabbath. To Heschel's words in the 1950s, we can glean from both that the practice of this commandment, our Sabbath keeping, is rooted in nurture and restoration and health and well-being for the whole of human race. Sabbath was made for us, not us for it. It is not a hoop to jump through or an item to check off the list. No, it was created for us and with us in mind for the benefit of all of humankind. Our commandments are all set for our good, for our good and right relationships with God and with one another. Jesus came to show us something different, different than the rule book kind of religion that the Pharisees were leaning on, the one that placed great emphasis on the rules and the regulations that trumped the good fortune of others. Jesus clearly opposed any rule or regulation or ritual that took precedence over justice and mercy and kindness. Every time. Every time. Even to the point of being angry with those who allowed the law to prohibit the welfare of another. That scripture that I shared with the children this morning when Griselda and I were together, Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Perhaps that was the inspiration for the Quaker William Penn who wrote this. I expect to pass through life but once. If, therefore, there can be any kindness I can show or any good thing that I can do to any fellow being. Let me do it now 
and not defer or neglect it, as I shall not pass this way again. Jesus worked for the welfare of humankind, even on the Sabbath. He showed the crowd that gathered around him in the synagogue, just as he continues to show us today, that it is more important to care for and nurture and heal and extend love and kindness wherever we are able than to close a door and rubber stamp it as a rule. When we observe the Sabbath, we are participating in God's desire for all people to be able to rest and delight in all of God's goodness and love. We are all God's children. Remind us, reminded today through the baptism that we have had, we are all children, precious children of God. And like our daughter of Abraham, we too are blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. Friends, we are in this life together. Let us therefore encourage one another and build each other up. And today, on this Sabbath day, let us continue to remember that. Encourage one another and boldly proclaim what Jesus has taught us. And together, the way we began worship this morning, let us boldly proclaim together, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all God's people say, Amen. Amen.